soon Pope Francis will have the ability to remake the U.S. Bishop's Conference in his image. Our story comes today from the fish wrapper calling itself the National Catholic Reporter, which has been told numerous times by Rome to cease calling itself Catholic, but they continue to ignore the directives from Rome. They were told to stop calling themselves Catholic because they promote heterodox ideals and ideas that fly in the face of Catholic moral teaching. I'm going to give you the gist of their report and then look at the number of bishops appointed by Francis in the United States to show you why this story is important, but how in fact this remaking of the U.S. Bishops' Conference has been an ongoing project of the Vatican since the start of the present pontificate. Of course, the prospect of Francis remaking the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in his own image shouldn't be surprising to anyone. I mean, after all, every pope gets to appoint bishops. But the prospect of change in the United States in the next year is staggering, and the distorter actually did all of us a service by pointing this out, though I'm sure they're not happy that we're happy that they did it. Among the modernists, the bishops have a reputation on balance for being conservative, which is laughable given that they are all but silent on the issues we care about and are champions for the various progressive political causes of the day, going so far as to even issue documents that sound like they were written by low-level Democratic staffers. For the distorter and other rags, the opportunity to get the bishops to reject the few positions they officially take on paper that oppose the acronym and progressive agendas is too good of an opportunity for them not to brag about it, which is what they're doing with the piece I'm about to summarize for you. In fact, I'm betting that is why they published this piece in the first place, to brag that the church in America will be unrecognizable in the near future to those of us who care about the salvation of souls. Because this isn't only going to be happening this year, the re coming retirement of numerous bishops, but it's going to get uh, become a bigger and bigger issue every year for the rest of this pontificate. Anyway, let's get to the article. Headline, with upcoming retirements, Francis could reorient U.S. Bishops' Conference by Joshua McElway. A link to this article will be posted on the source's blog, returntotradition.org, if you want to read it for yourself. A link is in the description of this video or podcast, depending where you're listening to this. Anyway, that headline, with upcoming retirements, Francis could reorient U.S. Bishops' Conference, is pretty revealing. It's an attempt to provide neutral-sounding reporting. But let's make no mistake, these guys are thrilled that the senior members of the USCCB are required to retire at the age of 75, according to canon law, and we'll get to why the worst of the modernists are thrilled at that prospect in a moment. The most noteworthy men hitting mandatory retirement age are Cardinal Sean O'Malley, who Francis will almost certainly retain, and Cardinal Charles Chaput, whose name I may have mispronounced, and no, you don't need to correct my pronunciation. Thank you very much. Chaput, who I suspect will likely get replaced because he sounds just a touch too orthodox for his own good. The power of the mandatory retirement and retention at the pleasure of the Pope is a powerful political tool to be used in the remaking of the bishops' conferences, and one that I would not put past the present pontiff to use as a political weapon to remake the bishops' conference as he sees fit. Other popes have done it prior to him, so why should we expect nothing less from Francis? Let's quote the National Catholic Distorter piece directly to illustrate this point. From the Distorter, quote, Pope Francis will have a rare opportunity to revamp the leadership of a large segment of the U.S. Catholic Church in the coming year, as a high number of bishops in the dioceses across the country are reaching the traditional retirement age of 75. In fact, nine residential American bishops are already 75 or older. Five more will turn that age by the end of June 2020. Although prelates can serve past retirement age at the Pope's pleasure, it is expected that many of the 14 will be replaced. 
and beyond those 14, eight other U.S. dioceses are already operating without a bishop after retirements and transferals of their former prelates to other areas. End quote. The distorter then goes on to quote a statement from a Catholic historian, who seems to be positive on the whole post-conciliar era of the Church, so fair warning, but his overall observation is sound. In his own words, historian Christopher Belito, quote, This large clumping of ordinaries turning 75 over the last several years and now coming up allows Francis, like all popes, to try to create bishops and leadership in his own image. It's, a cru it's a cr as crucial a time for church leadership since the 16th century. That was a time for rebirth, and we certainly need that now. It's happened before, and Francis will try to make it happen again, end quote. His uh, 16th century reference there is to the Council of Trent, by the way. These guys love to compare the Second Vatican Council to Trent. But whatever. For many mainstream Catholics who believe that nothing is amiss in the Church today, that all sounds pretty positive. But I suspect my audience will echo my discomfort in that statement. After all, this would permit the Pope to rebuild the USCCB in his image, which, if the push for synodality and for decentralization is any indicator, would mean more bishops like Supich, Tobin, Gregory, and Farrell, which should give anyone pause. So, Francis has appointed four new bishops of, of the Church in the United States so far. This is not counting the numerous auxiliary bishops or men, or men who were bishops and elevated to the cardinalate, like Cardinal Supich, friend of this channel. We could name a few of the criminal types in the Church aside from Cardinal Supich, Tobin, Camerlengo, Farrell, Wilton Gregory, and others who were closely associated with Uncle Ted McCarrick. But there are others. But the point is this, the U.S. Bishops' Conference, a.k.a. the otherwise useless USCCB, is a creation largely of John Paul II and Benedict XVI, at least in terms of who holds the various offices of bishop. The current pope has only just started to reshape it into his own image. Why that matters is this, the ongoing crisis in the church covering abuse investigations and allegations of cover-up, which is part of the larger multi-century crisis in the church of the devil at attacking and undermining the church from within, is going to take on a phase soon enough involving federal investigators. State investigators are already knocking down chancery doors and taking away boxes of files and other pieces of potential evidence. While real reform is needed, new men who are cut from the same cloth as Supich and Farrell and others will be continue to give PR responses for the media, but no real efforts into reform of the hierarchy and priesthood in America, and will frankly leave the church in the state it is in now, a sort of poorly managed decline that will lead to likely collapse on a visible level. While the church will survive and prevail in the end, the state of things now cannot be anything but headed towards a very real and very potential disaster, fueled by the cover-ups and political programs being pushed in the place of the gospel because these guys love pushing a fa the false gospel of political activism. But this managerial level that I have just described is nothing. There's a concept I want to introduce you to that comes from political science. That concept is the political pipeline, which can be defined as those people occupying the lowest levels of the political structure, eventually getting promoted, or in the case of secular politics, elected to higher offices in the system, eventually leading to the presidency or prime minister's office or what have you. In the church, this means that young auxiliary bishops and newly appointed bishops of seemingly tiny dioceses can have a major impact in the future when higher offices become available, such as major archdiocesan postings or, even more critically, when a major post to the office of the cardinal becomes vacant, which, has, which ha can impact the election of the next pope. Do you see how this works? The filling of the local bishop's office isn't merely about selecting men who will do nothing to address the crisis of the morally unfit men in the priesthood and the cover-up that always goes with it, but it is designed to ensure that the changes going on now can't be undone. 
This is far from business as usual. This is about securing the revolution in the church from the young, more traditional priests coming out of the seminaries in, in the largest numbers since the revolution of Vatican II. The political pipeline is obviously applicable to the church. Seminarians become priests, priests become auxiliary bishops, who then become bishops, then archbishops, then cardinals. I do think an American pope is unlikely, but it could happen. But given the possibility of men with the track record of covering up crimes like Supich and the rest of the younger promoted cardinals in the U.S., the chances of meaningful change happening in the United States because of this is small if the mass retirements happen as they are expected to. To be sure, the Pope can choose to accept or reject the reti retirement of a bishop, as he did with Cardinal Wuerl, until the public pressure grew to be too much to ignore Wuerl's complicity in the McCarrick affair. One thing worth keeping an eye on are the men who submit their retirement resignation from the 14 listed by the distorter in their article and are actually retained despite their hitting mandatory retirement age. And only to that distorter article is on the sources blog, returntotradition.org, as usual. Those bishops will be worth paying closer attention to. In closing, I will say this. Those hitting mandatory retirement age of 75 this year were ordained to the priesthood in the late 1960s through mid-1970s. They were products of the council, almost to a man, and it may give a bit of hope in all of this. Francis is the living, breathing embodiment of the spirit of Vatican II. Any man he appoints may not make, may be anything more than business as usual in their dioceses, unless the retiring men were unusually orthodox for the generation. I know that sounds like small consolation, that if, the, if these guys weren't that good, then their successors will probably be just as not very good. But, you know, <laughs> the effect of this does remain to be seen. But the next year of retirements and bishop appointments should be interesting to watch. In your own dioceses, pay attention to who your auxiliary bishop is if your diocese has one. They may be getting a promotion soon for better or for worse. Until then, keep praying for the church and pray that this doesn't turn into a complete disaster. For Return to Tradition, I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.